This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome into another Bar Conversations. I hope 2022 is uh, going well for you still. I know we're only a few weeks in, but I hope it's going well for you. Hope your team's uh, doing well in the playoffs, too, for for all of you football fans out there. We've got a great episode for you this week. We do healthy cocktails on our tasting notes with Jake Sollick. And then we chat with country musician and soon-to-be dad, Josh Gallagher, for our full conversations. Don't forget to check us out across social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, and go to hopspirits.com to find a lot of cool things. And you can also sign up for our newsletter there, our Monday Hangover, which is out now and being out uh, all year. We just started it, so uh, check that out. And uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get to a fun show. It's almost time. Where did I, where, where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time. For tasting notes. We're back with another edition of Tasting Notes, and once again joining us is Jake Stolick, the beverage director partner with the Professors LLC. He's also been behind the bar, just does an amazing job, and I always appreciate his time. Jake, welcome back. Thank you, Jonathan. Now, you know, we're in the new year, and I feel like obviously most people do New Year's resolutions, and the most popular one, of course, is to be healthier. Well, if we like to drink, what can we and make cocktails or whatever? What's something we can do? And if it's if it's avoid some of that, maybe that's what we have to do. <laughs> yeah, to be to be really healthy, you want to avoid both alcohol and sugar, which is difficult because those are two of the four main ingredients in a cocktail. You can't really have a cocktail uh, without an alcoholic base and without a sugar. That's what makes it what it is. But there are a couple things you can do to sidestep around that. First of all, you can focus on lower ABV cocktails. We're in an age right now where we've got so many 100 proof and overproof spirits. You can go ahead and leave those on your back bar and start focusing on 80 proof spirits instead. Um, that'll make it a little bit easier on your liver and that'll definitely shave some calories off. But when you're making cocktails that have got both alcohol and sugar, I think something to bear in mind is to put away anything that you would buy off of a store shelf. There are a couple different reasons for it. First of all, you generally don't know exactly what's in it and how it's prepared. It usually has high fructose corn syrup for starters. So when you're making something as simple as a whiskey sour at home, make sure you prepare your simple syrup yourself rather than buying one of those pre-bought bottles. And the same applies for something like a margarita. You never want to use the pre-bottled sweet and sour mix. Those things are loaded with unhealthy chemicals. They're loaded with sugar you're better off to stay away from it. Something that's caught on for years now has been this idea of a skinny margarita. Mm -hmm. And it always makes me chuckle when I look at it because what it actually is is just a real margarita made without any <laughs> artificial flavors, which is the simplest thing in the world. Take three quarters ounce lime juice, three quarter ounces of an orange liqueur of your choice. I really like Cointreau. If you want something a little bit more rich, get a nice dry carousel and then one and a half to two ounces of a good tequila. That is really a true skinny margarita because you're eliminating all of the artificial sugars that would be in it and just what we need to actually make a great cocktail. Well, and, and you kind of mentioned those lower lower proofs. What what about the what you know some might consider like the liqueurs or the flavored you know whiskeys things like that that kind of come in at the the you know 50 60 70 proof range i mean are those options or is that something also to watch out for as well no that's it, it it's it's a nice way to make 
low alcohol, more sessionable style drinks. And this is a European tradition that goes back for hundreds of years is to make uh, something similar to what the Italians call a spritz. You take a liqueur that you like uh, a lot that you have on your back bar. Maybe it's something like an orange liqueur, like a, like a Cointreau or a dry carousel. Put two ounces of that in a glass, top it up with ice cubes, and then just hit it with seltzer. Just hit it with soda water. And what you've got is, you know, something that's 80 proof or less. And while it does have sugar, we're not adding any additional sugar to it. It's going to be bubbly, so it's going to be refreshing. You're going to enjoy drinking it. And it, because it's on ice and in a highball, it's going to be a tall drink. So it's going to take you a little bit longer to go through it so that you can sip on it, enjoy it over the course of, you know, 30 to 60 minutes without having, you know, maybe a smaller cocktail pour that you're going to go through faster. Well, and then I think another trend that has really come off is, you know, the non-alcoholic uh, beers and even now the non-alcoholic spirits. You know, you got C-Lip, uh, Spiritless 74 for, for whiskey, and, and there's many other zero uh, ritual or proof. I can't remember which uh, what it's exactly called. Can you mix those in as well and kind of do a replacement? Yeah. And, but it's definitely got to be for a cocktail. You can't be drinking those uh, on, on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, they're a, a wonderful substitute for spirits and a lot of them are really well crafted you've got all of the big brands you know uh, brands like Tangray now have jumped in with their own zero proof versions of that so they make wonderful mixed beverages they're not going to be a, a cocktail per se because they don't have any alcohol in them but if that's what you're looking for seed lip is a wonderful alternative to using spirits and a lot of times you can take a great base template for a cocktail substitute a zero proof spirit and you're going to get the the same impact with no alcohol at all. Well, and it sounds like people just need to be willing to try a little bit and maybe experiment uh, yeah. this time of year. Yeah, exactly. Step outside of your comfort zone. Well, Jake, I, I appreciate it as always, and, and thank you for bringing in the new year with us. Thank you, Jonathan. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations is country musician and soon-to-be dad, Josh Gallagher. Josh, welcome in. <laughs> What's up, man? How are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. Now, Now you know, we were kind of joking beforehand. I, I was making sure you had a drink, and you're like, Hops and Spirits already knew what to, what to do. So what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, this is, a, uh, this is a nice crispy bush light in a, uh, a fancy... Camo Josh Gallagher koozie. I, I like dot net. Get your own right now. <laughs> I like that. Good yeah. plug too. Good plug. Yeah. See, I went, yep. I went on the on the whiskey side a little um, out of Columbus, Ohio. A little Middle West spirits, some uh, uh, straight rye whiskey, dark pumpernickel. It's, it's it's a pretty pretty nice little pour there. So I, I nice. figured yeah, I'd go on the spirit side since you're going on the hop side. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll work. I I actually almost joined you on the spirit side because uh, I had a uh, I had a little bit of a weekend. We'll just put it that way. And uh, I drank I I, I drank by my beer guy, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I kind of I almost hopped on the whiskey side with you. So, uh, <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I'll, screw I, I, I'll, I'll, go. gonna... I'll keep her. I'll keep true to myself. You know, I, I'm a big Jack Daniels guy. I like whiskey too, but. Majority of the time, I'm a beer guy, but I had a uh, a little hefty beer drinking weekend, if you know what I mean. So I've been, here we are. There, We're back there. at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now for those that may not know about you, or you know, or like, man, I think I've heard that name. How would you describe your style of music? Because it's country, but I feel like you put your own little spin on it too. Yeah, man. It's 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 that's a that's a great question, actually. And I, actually, this is probably one of the uh, I wouldn't say 
harder questions that I get asked, but um, more intricate, maybe is a better word. But uh, I don't know, man, it's weird. So we do, we're obviously a country, country, you know, bunch of country guys playing country music and, and, but we really, really rely on that heavy rock and roll, almost metal distortion kind of tone in, in what we do. And, um, and I really, really enjoy that because I grew up playing, I grew up playing in, you know, shitty little middle school, high school garage bands that we all dick around with whenever we're kids, you know, and, and playing out around town and dragging our parents out to watch us come play this, you know, not great music, but our parents have to, you know, tell us, oh, it was great, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, I've always had a, uh, I've always had a big, uh, a big heart for really heavy distortion guitars and, and, um, and, and, and as far as that sound goes, you know, that kind of audio, I don't want to say quality, whatever, but um, I think what we do that's a little bit different that I've really noticed, and especially this, the, the most recent stuff that we've released is we do that, we do that heavy rock country stuff, but we lace it with um, a lot of like slide steel guitar so kind of we get, we bring in that old kind of traditional, you know, country instrument, country sound a little bit. But we my, one of my favorite instruments is steel guitar, just in general. I just love the way that it sounds. It's when oh, yeah. you when you do it the right way, like our our uh, our steel player Cody James McKinney. Shout out Cody. Um, but when you play it like he does, and he can get you those like really cool, just like whale kind of sounds that just kind of fill in different spots. It's a really cool different uh, tone and different sound that we go after. So that's kind of how that's kind of how I um, that's kind of how I describe our sound. Anyway, I would I would say that like I've heard people say that um, we're like we're like a mixture of we're like a mixture of like Metallica and Chris Stapleton, I guess, as far as like heavy and the way that I can sing, kind of. A little bit <laughs> with a little bit of Eric Church nice mixed in there, maybe. Yeah, I guess, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and and too, you know, like what you, you talked about, you know, playing when you were younger. What what got you into music? Was it just uh, just picking up an instrument or family, or, or what what was it that drew you into to music? Not just into music, but playing music. Yeah, man, um, that that one's actually easy. Um, I don't know why or what it was, but for some reason. <clears throat> One day when I was like nine or 10 years old, I just said to my parents that I wanted a guitar and um, they got me my first guitar. It was an old, uh, actually Carla Rebelli. They still make acoustic guitars, but it was a Carla Rebelli all red uh, with that like red sunburst kind of thing on it. But I don't, I, I don't know where it stemmed from, to be honest with you. I was in, um, I played sports and stuff growing up, football, baseball, I wrestled there for a little bit, even tried the old uh, karate aspect and that didn't work out but um but i was in i was in middle school when i was in middle school i was in band actually um and i played the saxophone not a lot of people know this but i actually played the saxophone the alto sax in band and i don't I, I just i don't know where it came from where or why i wanted to or i thought music was cool something i would want to try i don't i don't know how that came about to be 100 percent honest with you um my parents will tell you that they don't have a lick of musical ability in their bodies, but don't let them fool you. They can carry a little bit of a tune, mom and dad. Don't think that, you know, 
I see what you're doing out there, being humble, which is good. But now I don't, I don't know where it came from, man. To be honest with you, I just, I just remember I was like nine or ten. I think it was ten. But one day I was like, I want a guitar, and they got me my first guitar, and I just thought, uh, started teaching myself how to play. And the very first song I taught myself how to play was "Mary Had a Little Lamb." Everybody knows that melody, so I stuck in my head in one chord, and "Mary Had a Little Lamb," you know. And uh, it just kind of went from there, man. To be honest with you, and I don't, I, I, I just, I don't know how I got into it. I just, I don't know if it just clicked one day or, because there was no other, nobody else in my family does or did music. Now my aunt, I will say, she played guitar or she took guitar lessons whenever she was in middle school or high school or something. Um, and I actually have her old uh, nylon string guitar, old Yamaha that I, actually is one of my favorite guitars to play like in studio for softer guitar part stuff, but I don't know where it came from. I don't. I honestly don't. It wasn't to try to pick like, up, uh, pick up a girl or anything. <laughs> no, man. Not at, no. Huh? I mean, I don't think at ten years old yet I was worried about girls, or maybe I was. But, <laughs> but um, but no. I just kind of it, it kind of blossomed from there, and I taught myself how to play, and then eventually, like I said, I, you know, started getting to, uh, you know, garage bands, and and uh, my first band that I was in was called a band called Panic Mode, and we were this you know, hard, hardcore punk kind of band in the, in the, in the late nine or two thousands, I guess now. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know where it came from. It just kind of stemmed from somewhere I'm not really sure of. And it has completely taken over my life. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. just a little bit, just a little yeah, bit. Just a little bit uh, yeah. I mean, you talk about playing, you know, like a, a punk rock kind of thing, you know, the garage band. What, what was that the type of music you grew up on or influenced you? Or is there other stuff, you know, country, older country artists or, or anything like that that influenced you along the way or you grew up on? Well, it, a lot of a lot of everything that you just said, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I grew I grew up listening to country because that's what my parents listened to. And back then, when you were a kid, uh, you listened to whatever your parents listened to, you know, mm-hmm. so uh they always just had country music on. And I remember, I remember specifically um, one of the very first country artists I ever heard was uh, because of my dad uh, was Toby Keith. And he's still to this day, one of my, still one of my favorite uh, country artists. And um, so I always grew up around country, but I think, I think the, one of the first things that I really remember as far as getting into like playing in was like, you know, shitty little garage bands and stuff like that was my brother played. So my brother was, uh, <laughs> if he watches this, he might shoot me, but that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but my brother was, uh, my brother was, he was in that punk, you know, chains, studded leather jacket, mm-hmm. uh, paint marker all over it, punk spiked hair phase. Right. And he played, he played bass in a little band of his, uh, for a while, and he played this Red Fender. I think it was a, I think it was a P bass. Which now looking at knowing what I know that bass, now knowing what that bass was, I would have never got rid of it. But, um, but that was like the first like band thing that I picked up and kind of started noodling around with. So I started started playing bass, and then I kind of moved on to electric, like moved to electric guitar, and then from there, my bandmates were like well, you should sing or try singing. And then from there I, I tried singing and then it was kind of game over. So, um, several, several different influences. Uh, I think probably my brother playing bass and saying like, man, that looks, 
that looks fucking cool. I want to do that, you know? Uh, and then <laughs> taking that into, as I got older, um, really having a respect for country music and the sound and the, the, the lyrical content and the storytelling and all that. And then just kind of mixing in my own version of, uh, Hey, let's throw a little, not a little, let's throw a bunch of heavy ass guitars over some like country lyrics and country melodies and throw some steel in it. And that's our kind of, that's our brand of country, you know? Um, but no, I, I grew up around country, you know, my whole entire life. And, uh, Man, I, I, I mean, I used to, I mean, the Ramones were probably the first band that I ever covered back <laughs> that we ever covered as a band back in the day. And, and, uh, yeah, man. So just, it's a lot of, a lot of musical influence, which I think comes out in, in our stuff, you know, you know, back in the day still, actually, you know, I used to listen to a lot of a Treyu heavy metal band, Avenged Sevenfold. A lot of people, you know, majority of people, I feel like know who Avenged Sevenfold is, but, um, Man, I, I I went through a lot of phases. Everything from like Ti to like, oh, yeah. you know, T, everything from like Ti to Secondhand Serenade to like Dave Matthews to like no, just like everything. Like I listened to a bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah, that the iPod on shuffle would just be a, a different genre every song. Oh, every song, yeah, for sure, absolutely. And it's funny. I like the fact you say iPod. That's that's how you <laughs> that's how that's how you know that we're. Uh, I guess getting old. I don't. I don't know. But uh, iPod. Remember yeah. it back before and before the iPods. It was the big ass brick MP3 players. Remember they? They were like that thick. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We've come yep. so far. So far. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> now, 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 you know, growing up in Pennsylvania, because you you grew up Eastern PA. I mean, not. I wouldn't say. Would you say country out there, or, or how would you classify oh, that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, West Central PA, more towards like so about like. I grew up like two hours east of Pittsburgh, really pretty much what yeah. it was Crescent, Pennsylvania. And a lot of people ask where you're from. I normally tell them like, I normally tell them like Altoona or state college, because a lot of people refer or uh, kind of relate to state college as Penn state. So they kind of know where it's at a little bit, because if I tell people Crescent, Pennsylvania, they're like, Oh, okay. Which means I don't know where the fuck that's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that happens. I, I, yeah. I grew up like 45 minutes west of, of pittsburgh in, in, in west virginia and i'd say where i'm from in west virginia they'd be like that that could be anywhere and i'm like yeah right pittsburgh. exactly until yeah. i say until i yeah. know meet someone from pittsburgh and they're like that's not and i go i know it's just i know it's not yeah and well then then you can get into the conversation where you're like okay well cool where are you from and you're like oh shit i'm from here i'm from here holy shit let's have a beer you know like that kind of thing but um now now, now how did did that where you grew up did that influence you at all i mean how did that impact impact things for you uh, I mean, I see the camo. Yeah, because all over the place. I mean, if I could, well, here I'll just give you like a little quick little tour. There's like, there's well, there's like there's a deer over there. I got a somewhere. I got horrible lighting, but like bobcat and camo all over the place. But like, no. So I, yeah, I mean, I think it definitely did influence. Uh, it definitely did influence me a lot. You know, I um, where I'm from, it's I'm from a town of two thousand people, and it's been that way since. I grew up, you know, um, basically we're a little farm town surrounded by woods and cornfields, you know, uh, and we just so happen to have a sheets, which is awesome. Remember sheets? Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. excited when one of those came yeah. out of my town. Yeah. I need to, uh, I need to, I don't know if I need to start a petition to get sheets down here in Nashville or whatever, but I know there's a lot of people from Pennsylvania that'll be like, you know what? We need sheets down here for sure. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I think it did though. I think that, I think that really small town rural, um, lifestyle growing up was just, you know, 
helped out and influenced me in, in a lot of ways, not just my music, but the way that I was raised, you know, the way that, um, you know, we grew up in the North, obviously, and it, but like my, my parents always made sure it was yes, sir, no, ma'am, and hold the door and, and, and all that, all that chivalry, chivalrous stuff that kind of seems to be going by the wayside now, I feel like, but um, it has definitely influenced me, not just in my music, but my, my whole life, my whole upbringing, you know, um, which I'm proud of that. I'm very, very proud of mm-hmm. that. Well, and, and you know when you when you talk about the music, you know you've dropped two EPs now. Um, any full album coming soon? I mean, we we got something to look forward to this year or soon? Maybe uh, anything? Man, maybe Teasing? I don't know. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I do. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've I dropped two EPs so far. Um, the first EP was self-titled. It was a six-song EP. Uh, second one I dropped. Uh, when was that? Was uh, oh that was the COVID EP. So I dropped that right uh, at the beginning uh, of February of 2020 when everything started to go to shit. Uh, that EP is called Turnaround. Bit. Yeah, just yeah, just a touch, not a bunch or anything, just a little. But um, but uh, I dropped that in February, I think February or March of 2020, and that 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 record, that EP was called uh, Turnaround Town. And I have I got some more music in the works. Uh, I dropped I have four singles out so far this year. Wait. No, this is 2022 already. Holy shit. Four singles out last year. I've dropped a new single uh, in February of this year. And then I got a whole record, full my first full-length 10-song record coming out uh, in March of this year. So we got that. That's the first record. And then we have another full-length record coming out at the end of this year. Ooh, so, so dropping, you're, dropping you're two, ready yeah. to... Yeah, dropping two full-length records this year. My first, my first debut, ten-song full-length record will be out this year, which I'm very, very proud of because we've always, we've always dropped singles and and kind of tried to do the thing where we match that up with a couple other songs to make an EP, right? Mm-hmm. But the way that the way that um, the way that the streaming industry, specifically Spotify, is kind of changing a little bit now. For the longest time, it was a singles market, but now. Uh, they're really, really starting to push records again, which mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely love because that's what I that's what I grew up listening to. You know, con- like they call them concept records now, where oh, yeah. you would listen you would listen to yeah, that you would listen to song number one to song number ten or twelve would be a whole story of songs, right? That's what I grew up listening to. That's what you grew up listening to. That's like so. I'm I'm glad that I'm able to to finally put out a record that and I could have put out a, you know a full length record before but it just wouldn't have been it would have been the right time one and two we wouldn't have had the songs that we have now to put out to really make people go oh shit you know that kind of thing so two records coming out that, 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 that's <laughs> that's quite impressive and I was gonna say I mean with that that many songs and things I mean obviously I'm guessing you write. Do you write most of of the songs, or or is it a collaborative effort, or how how does that go? Oh uh, no, I write them all. I um so I've had I've had a couple uh, offers for for outside cuts, and and nothing. I'm I'm not against outside cuts at all. I just want to state that right out of the gate. Anybody that watches this or listens, artist, songwriter, whatever. I'm not I'm not opposed to any outside cuts at all. I just really like being a part of the whole entire process instead of getting pitched a song, listening to it. And I might love it. You know, there's been songs that mm-hmm. uh, that have been pitched to me that I'm like, God, that's a great song. But I just, unless I, unless I put 
you know, my pen to paper, uh, I, I just feel less of a connection to it. And I, that might be a very old school way to look at it or a very Eric Churchy way to look at it because he's the same way. Um, and it, I might get it from him too, honestly, because he's one of my biggest idols. But um, I just feel like it's more important to me to be a, proce- a part of the whole entire process from taking an idea or an experience that goes here, thinking about it, making it work in your head, spitting it out, put it on paper, cut the vocal for it on a demo, go in with your band, cut the thing for a record and say, hey, this is what we did from step one, literally from a baby to this big, giant, full production song now. So I, I, I so every every song that I've ever put out, I've, I've written, yeah. And, and and I always like to ask this too, because it's always, in, I always find this interesting. Does it just start as a random idea or are you pulling from personal experiences or a little bit of both? Uh, both for me, to be honest with you. I, um, so there's like, I'll use a song like, uh, like I'll use a song like, uh, look at me now. It was a single off of my first EP. And I wrote that. That was the very first song I wrote about my wife or for my wife rather. And, um, that was, that's a personal experience for me. Um, that also stemmed from an idea. Right. So mm-hmm. if, if you take the phrase, look at me now, a lot of people take that. And if you just say it as a phrase by itself, a lot of people take that and they think of it or it registers in people's heads this way. So look at me now, like, Oh, look at me now. <laughs> like all that shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pay but attention to me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Look what I did. <laughs> but if you take it from a songwriter standpoint, the way my brain works is you want to, I, I want to take that, and I want to try to flip that hook to make it mean two different things or as many things that we can make that phrase or those two words or three or four, whatever words work out to be. Right. So look at me now uses a personal experience because at the time, like when I first met my wife, right. Look at me now, look at me at that point. If you looked at me now at that point, it was more of like a, I was sitting in bars all the time. I was, drinking myself to death, just miserable. And then this beautiful creature of a woman walks in my life out of nowhere. And she makes me a better person, someone that I didn't even know that I could be. So then it's like, okay, so look how this transformation or transformation went. And now look at me like that kind of thing. Like I'm a way better person. Like, so it's, it's a lot of both really. So I use that as a, as an example of as an example of both, but there are ideas that I do have or that I come up with that I'm like, you know what? I don't know what the fuck this is yet, but this is cool. I don't know how to get it there, (laughs) but let me think on it for a minute and I'll get it there. But, um, like I'll use, uh, a song I put out this year. Um, like, but the very first thing I put out this year is a song called bright side. And I'm a song, another song I wrote for my wife. I'm going to talk her up for sure. But, um, Smart man, smart man. Yeah, mm-hmm. bright, bright side. Um, that was a song that um, I walked into the writer's room that day, and I was a little bit late. Shocker. Um, <laughs> but I walked in a little bit late, and I wrote it with uh, Dan Alley, uh, Mark Addison Chandler, and John Caldwell. But when I walked in, Dan Alley was playing this guitar part, this lick, and I was like, what is that? Like, I don't know what that is, but that's cool. So 
we chased that sound and that whatever that feel was. And then we were like, all right, well, what if it's a song? What does bright side mean? Someone said bright side or we were just bullshitting for about an hour or two. And we just found the hook in the room. So it was that at that point, it was just an idea that kind of everybody locked onto at the same time. We all looked at each other and we're like, yeah, that's cool. I don't know what that is. So let's take everything that we can, let's try to think on the, the phrase bright side and make it the most we can. So we just did the, we, we went metaphorical on it. Like, you know, like a minor mountain deep needs a way out, you know, the bright side kind mm-hmm. of thing, like a ship lost at sea needs a lighthouse, that kind of thing. So, and we just made it very, very metaphorical to where it feels like, I mean, how do I put this? It feels like it was a, it's a personal experience because it kind of is, but it was just an idea at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of found it in the room. And a lot of times when, when I'm writing, I really do enjoy finding the hook in the room. As far as, you know, you come in, you come into a writer's room with a bunch of hooks or with, at least for me, like some hooks that I'm like, okay, I know, I know this this phrase or this two or three words is cool. I just don't know exactly what it is yet. I might need a little bit of help. So let's go rack some other people's brains and let's all dive in on on this idea. And a lot of times it, it kind of, a lot of times it comes up with like a it starts with like a guitar groove or a feel or like a little drum beat on a keyboard or like a or like through GarageBand or whatever. But um. I like I really really enjoy finding finding hooks in the room. You know, cuz there's a lot of times you go in there's a lot of times you go into a writer's room and you're like what do you what do you guys have? And that's like okay, here we go again. You know, like that kind of thing. So <laughs> especially when you get with a good when you get with a good group of writers that you're comfortable with writing with and it it may be your buddies, it may not be your buddies. For me, I got really lucky that uh, the guys that I'm majority of the guys that I write with are my best fucking friends. You know, like I'll, I'll be friends whether I ever leave this town or stay in this town for the rest of my life, you know, that kind of thing. So it just so happened to work out for me where I get to write songs with some of my best friends that we all get each other in the writing room also, you know? Well, and I, and I was going to say, I mean, you, you talk about those personal experiences, but you know, you, you kind of run the gamut uh, of songs too, because uh, I, I feel like you got clever, catchy. One of my favorites is them cans to, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, boots like yeah. mine, these hands, you know. So, I mean, I guess you just, depending on the mood, is kind of how, how what, what song you go with. Yeah, kind of, man. I mean, and, and, and to be honest with you, that, that kind of changes too. You know, you could be, you could be on a, uh, on a song idea or a, uh, a song idea. Let's say you have a song idea A over here and you're playing guitar part or guitar lick or feel for a song song feel a over here with song with uh with song right or with um title a right or hook a and it might not line up or sometimes it might when you're when you're in the room it's just kind of like well what is the what do we feel like this song title or this hook needs to be and as far as like relating to a song like them cans I came in. Uh, I came in the writer room with that that day with with that hook, and I was like, I don't exactly know what this hook is yet, but I know that it's cool, and I know that it doesn't need to be something 
slow or ballady. I think it needs to be something like a flip on the hook as far as like them cans. Like we drink them cans of beer, but we don't need to like, don't tell us that we can't do something. And then it was like, Oh shit, that's cool. Okay. So let's play on that too. And then we also threw the Americans, the American, you know, very <laughs> blue collar rednecky kind of stuff in there. Um, but yeah, man, it just kind of depends. You could be on a hook. And there's been times when I've been in a room for, man, it seems like hours just trying to figure out what this hook is and what kind of feel it needs to be. And then eventually someone needs to break the ice. And I feel like a lot of times it's me. I'm like, all right, listen, let's fucking start over. This isn't right at all. So like, let's step out. Let's clear our head for a minute. Go outside. Let's drink a beer, whatever. Just clear our heads. Come back, and if this is if this is not the idea, that's cool. That's not a problem. I don't have I don't have a problem sitting there and figuring out the idea, even if we don't write something that day. Write a whole entire song. I would much rather spend the time figuring out what this idea means and getting a proper direction for it, and then coming back on it later and writing the shit out of it. You know, so it's it's not a thing where it's like. You have four hours, at least for me. It's not a thing where you have, oh, you got to write a song in four hours. No, get out of here with that crap. You know, like if you do write a song in four hours or two hours or an hour and a half or whatever, and it's great, awesome, because I've been in those rights too. But I would much rather, if we're fighting for a song, I would I'd rather fight for the right way to write it. Because I don't want to write, because 99% is not 100%, you know? Yeah. 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 So it, now, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Yeah, sorry, I'm rambling. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you're good. I, uh, I talk maybe more than my mom even, and she knows that. Shout out, mama, love you. <laughs> Got to keep all the ladies in your life happy, happy. That's right, man. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Now, now, now speaking of that, uh, you're, you're going to be a dad soon, correct? For, yes, first sir, one yep. coming. Yeah, first one. All right, February sixteenth, little boy. Are, are you I ready? Are you are you are you ready for? I don't it? know, I don't know about ready, but <laughs> no, no, we're 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 definitely ready. I mean, how ready can you be to have a kid? You know, it's um, it's it's a decision that you make with your with your wife or your partner or husband or whatever that um, you're like, you know what? I think we're yeah, fuck it, let's go. You know, and I was on the I was on the uh, I'm not ready train for a while. Um, and I kind of feel bad a little bit because I know my wife was, um, she's been, I wouldn't say harping me about it, but the conversation would get brought up a lot the past several years. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I would, I want to be, I want to be as financially stable as we can be, but fuck that, man. Like if you're ready, you're ready. Who cares? So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, on the whole, I would say, yeah, we're, we're ready. Um, I'll say that. And then let's do another, uh, let's do another one of these in about two months and ask me if I'm ready then. And I might be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> but, I haven't gotten sleep in five days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now, man, we're, we're definitely ready. I got, um, we got the, his, his room, his nursery all ready to go and his crib. And I built him, um, I built him some bookshelves and, um, and uh, just everything in there is just is ready to go. It's it, it's kind of scattered all over the place, so we'll put some final touches on it and get everything a little bit organized and um, ready for ready for his arrival. But I mean, 
that's just a that's just a weird question. I mean, I feel like we're ready, but I don't think we'll know if we're ready until he gets here. You know, I'm not really sure. Yeah. We might we might when he gets here, we might be like losing our mind. I mean, we're first time parents, so we'll we'll figure it out eventually. Um, but no, I think I think we're ready, man. I mean, it feels like we are, to be honest. With you. It feels yeah. like I'm ready for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's part of my French, but I'm excited as fuck to be a dad. <laughs> yeah, super excited. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and and then too, I, I I was curious about this. Have you gotten any advice that you're just like, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, anyone giving you some? You getting good advice or you getting some questionable advice? Uh, we're getting not a, not as much as you would think. I feel like um, they're <laughs> birthing classes. I'm like, nah, screw that noise. We don't need to do all that shit. <laughs> and and uh, and my wife feels the same way though. She's like, um, she, she was like do you think we need to do birthing classes? I'm like, here's what I think. You could have, we could have the best plan, uh, you know, the best plan for attack ever. But once you hit the battlefield, shit goes haywire and we'll just figure it out, you know? So, but like, <laughs> but I yep, don't know, man. That's parenthood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll just, Hey, we'll, we'll figure it out. But um, no, there, there hasn't been, there hasn't been a, a lot of, there's, I wouldn't call it advice. We, we've gotten a lot of, hey, you're going to do this, right? Or like, hey, you should do this, definitely. I'm like, all right, just, I appreciate it. And we do, trust me. But like, there's some stuff where I'm like, we're definitely not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or there's also, there's also some stuff where like, wow, shit, I didn't think about that. Okay. Let's definitely look into that then. You know, there, so it kind of goes both ways. But, um, but kind of, I'm just the kind of, I'm just the kind of person that like, just in general in life, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. Uh, we're going to figure it out. We might make some mistakes. I might make some mistakes along the way, but I'm going to learn from those mistakes and hopefully not repeat them, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But my wife, my point is out there by the door. She's probably actually <laughs> sleeping. Um, but, uh, but she she uh, she's gonna be crucial because she's she's a teacher and she teaches uh, three year olds so she's a pre K teacher and she's just she's around kids constantly and I'm gonna have to learn a lot of shit from her <laughs> so I'm gonna be taking most of my advice uh, from her because she knows way better than I do um, being with uh, being with uh, 12, 12 to fourteen three year olds every day she definitely knows a little bit. Not a little bit. I would say way more than me for sure. But um, now there there's some things where where we're like, yeah, I don't know if we're gonna actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I to totally under <laughs> understand yeah. that. Totally but understand I, but that. but that's gonna, that's gonna happen though. Even after he's here, you know. There, I mean, everybody has an opinion, especially nowadays, and and that's perfectly <laughs> fine. You know, you're everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. Um, just don't get mad when I don't listen to what you your opinion is. You know. That's all. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, everyone's yeah. got to find their their own path. It, yeah, it, man, it, exactly. it, it all works. I mean, that's what we did. It's mm -hmm. it's fun. I mean, I've got a three year old daughter, and nice. it's it's crazy to see her grow up, and and it's just fun being a dad. And you you know you you also have this kind of crazy um, career too, being a musician. I mean, what's that journey been like for you? You know, on, on that road, you know, because obviously it's going to be a journey in, in parenthood. But what's it been? What, what's that road been like for you as a as a musician, as an artist? It's been, uh, I mean, it's been nuts so far. Um, up until obviously up until COVID hit, but uh, 
but now we're we're crawling we're crawling out of the COVID hole just like everybody else is. Um, you know, we're we're getting back on our feet and, and getting back on the road. But it's been it's been nuts though. You know, since ever since being off of the Voice in uh, in 2016, it's just been go 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 constantly and um, just always on the road, always in a writer's room or in the studio. Feels like we're doing a video shoot or a photo shoot or social media planning or social media, so just constantly everything. And it gets a little bit taxing. It does. Um, so I just continue to drink beer and, and, and get through it. But, <laughs> but um, no, it's been great though, man. Super, super grateful. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that, that in my career so far that I definitely have to thank. And, and, and the most important one being my wife for literally putting up with my shit. <laughs> Cause there'll be, there'll be nights where I don't get home till midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And then I'm back at it at 7am the next day, or I might be on the road for, you know, a week or two at a time. And, and we don't get to see each other or she'll call me and say, uh, there's the water heaters leaking. What do I do? I'm like, shit, I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> let me make some calls. I'm not there. Like that kind of shit. Um, but, but no, man, it's, it's overall, it's been really, really great. And, and she's been, she's been super understanding in the sense that like, this is, this is what I need to do to, you know, pursue my career. This is my career, you know, to, to keep pursuing this. This is what I, this is what I need to do. It's just a constant go, go, go. Um, but one thing I always do to make sure that I do when, when I'm not uh, on the road or in the studio or, or doing any of this shit that I need to do for, for my job, I guess, because I guess it is a job, you know. Um, but I always make sure when I'm done, I'm done. Done's up, you know. Like whether I come off of the road or I'm done in the studio or from the writer's room or I get a text saying, "Hey, what do you think?" This nope, done, done. When my day, when I when I decide my day's over and I'm I'm with her, don't get a hold of me. You know, that's one thing that I really try to make sure that I do, and um, because if, if in in my opinion, if you don't, that's that could be very detrimental to to a relationship, especially a relationship in this business because it's so fucking crazy. There's always shit going on. There's always something you need to be doing. Oh, hey, this uh, this uh, this label or this important people are having a party over here this night. You should definitely come. Blah blah. blah. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, I guess I got a plan to go to that now. And oh, babe, I'll be home at midnight or two in the morning. I don't know. Like. But once I'm done, like that's a lot of that's one thing that I do. I don't want to say that I don't see, but I have seen before where a lot of people don't do that and it doesn't end up working out. So my main concern, my main goal in life is to make sure that when I'm done, it, I don't bring nothing. It's nothing. I don't want to talk music. I don't want to do music. I don't want to social media post or any shit i want to be with my family and with her and make sure that we have our time together because my time is so consumed by everything else that i do you know so it's been crazy <laughs> i was gonna, well i mean you gotta have balance i mean that's with anything yeah, i mean yeah. especially with with the, the life the lifestyle of a musician and and uh and so forth and it helps to have that balance especially you know with with a growing family and and mm -hmm. so forth and then you actually get to spend the quality time w with your son and and so forth um you know you talk about this crazy life i mean 
you know, getting some some big acclaim along the way, you know, from whether it was Rolling Stone or, or Garth Brooks, what's what's that like? Because obviously this is something you want to do, but to get that feedback has to be just like the icing on the cake, I would have to think. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's uh it's very very um <clears throat> it's humbling to be honest with you. It, just coming from coming from a little tiny town that I came from that I never thought in a million years that I'd be sitting here, you know, making music for a living and and playing concerts to thousands of people sometimes. You know, like I just that was not a thing that like never well as you're a kid that never occurs to you that you could you know possibly do or at least for me it wasn't but like it's 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 really cool when you get these shout outs from like you know you guys and and you got you know your garth brooks and rolling stone and you, you get a song or a, a single or a record premiered by billboard and it's like shit people like it, it's weird how much people I think for me, it's more weird how much people actually, I don't want to say care because care is not the right word, but like are passionate about it as much as I are are passionate about my music as much as I'm passionate about my music. It's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty cool. And I don't mean that in a cocky way. I mean that very much as like, I, I didn't think, let me, the voice thing happened in 2016, right? But I took every week while I was on the voice, like, cool, I made it this far. Let's see how it goes. Week two comes around. Cool, I made it this far. Let's see how this goes. Like, I never looked at it as a thing where it was like, I'm going to go out there and just destroy everybody. Like, in my head, I was like, yeah, I got this shit. But I'm like, keep yourself in check, dude. Stay humble. Don't get out of your headspace, you know, be the person that you know that you are, you know, and everything will work out. And, and I still, I still live like that. You know, I think that's the way that, um, I think that comes from the way that my parents raised me, you know, every time, even still, every time that I go home and I, you know, go out to the bar or go hang out with friends or whatever, my dad always for my whole entire life, even still, my dad always looks at me and goes, remember. And what he means by that is just remember who you are that you know that kind of thing so i think that um i think that that kind of has helped me out a lot but it's pretty cool though it really is just to get recognition from those kind of people or those kind of outlets is like holy shit it's kind of cool like <laughs> well i mean that, yeah. i mean that means what, yeah. what you're doing is is you're on the right track and you know things are, are are going well and you know i know you also have your your camo crew first off love the name especially rocking the camo obviously across <laughs> yeah, the board yeah. but what well, first off the name, but two, just having fans that, that can, that know your songs, sing your songs, things like that, and are passionate about what you do. I mean, obviously you mentioned it's, it's pretty freaking cool. I mean, that's, that's just gotta be an extra thing that just, I don't know. I don't even know how to, how to explain it probably. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it definitely is. It's it, it, super cool. Yeah. The, um, the, the way <laughs> the camo crew, that's funny um, that you brought that up. Our, our fan club name is, is called camo crew. And that actually stemmed from, um, we were, we were at, uh, uh, what the hell was it here in town? Uh, TRS in February of 2020. Um, the same year that I put out the turnaround town EP before everything, you know, hit the fan. And, um, 
me and my team were at CRS and we went to an after party that night and it was in the Bridgestone arena and, um, we were hanging out, drinking and partying and stuff. And my, uh, my videographer went up to my, uh, to my PR point And he was like, I didn't even come up with it. I didn't just like, I was partying, having a good time. Woo, good. But, and he went up to, he went up to her and he was like, cause we forever, we were trying to like find a per, like the perfect name for, to, to call our fan club. Cause you see, you know, most artists have like, uh, like like Luke Combs, his his fan club is called the Bootleggers, right? Like really cool, super badass. And oh, yeah. uh, he went up to her at the party. We were all drinking and partying, and all he said to her was "Camo Crew," and she was like, "Holy shit, that's perfect!" And I don't know why we never thought of it before. I wear camo like it's going out of style. I was gonna say it's like on your it koozie. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's on my koozie. It's on, look at it. it's on my fucking head. I got it on my body. Like I wear camo. And I've, but I've always done that. Like ask anybody, my, all my friends back home and my parents and my brother and sister, like I've always wore camo my whole entire life. That's just my thing. And I stuck with it. And if you don't like it, that's your problem, not mine. But, <laughs> but like, it just seemed to be, it just, it was just fit, you know? And that's kind of, I think that's the all encompassing thing where I'm glad that we decided to call uh, our fan club, the camo crew, because a lot of the, the, a lot of our fans, I feel like are, you know, those small town, very rural kind of camo wearing bush light beer drinking people, you know, so it just kind of seemed to fit. But um, yeah, man, so it was pretty cool how that worked out. And then we snuck into uh, the Lumineers concert uh, behind the bar because they were playing that same night at the Bridgestone. So thanks for letting us come hang out at your show, Lumineers. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and you got a great name out of it. Out of yeah, it exactly. Too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, now, you know, you, you talk about always kind of playing music, you know, growing up on it, little bands, little, little, playing in probably little lovely buildings and so forth. What yep. would you be doing if this wasn't your career, or or would you just be SOL? Uh, probably, well, probably both, maybe. I don't really know. So I would still be playing music. I, I know that um, I would, you know, I would be, I would still be playing music, but I, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be able to do it in the capacity that I do now, which I'm super, super grateful for. I, I, I'm not doing this by myself. I know it looks like it on the forefront, but there's so many fucking people that are helping me out behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. But um, I'd be still doing it. Um, but I, I, I don't know if I don't know if I would be doing it here or if I would be doing it uh, back home because uh, this, this, that's how that's how I started. Like, I don't know. I lived in Pittsburgh for about three years after I graduated uh, high school and, you know, play guitar at like college parties at the baseball house and, and things. And then eventually I was like, well, this isn't working out. I got to move home. And when I moved home, that's when I was like, I kind of want to play a show again. Cause at that point I was, you know, 21, 2021. And I was like, I haven't played a show in forever. I was like, I should probably figure out what I'm doing with the next chapter of my life. Cause I didn't have any fucking clue. And uh, I started playing out music and, and the more more like around town, local bars around town, the more shows I played, the bigger and bigger the crowds got and the venues got a little bit bigger and all acoustic every Friday and Saturday. So I'd probably be still still be doing the same thing. Um, uh, I just don't know if it would be here in Nashville or if it would be back home. I'm not really sure. I will tell you this. Uh, shout out to uh, 
Jaylock in Crescent, Pennsylvania. That was the uh, that was the job I worked at before I moved down to Nashville. And you're going to find this. This might sound really, really weird, but I drove uh, – I was a forklift operator before I moved down here. Nice. And I'll be honest with you, I uh, I, I kind of miss driving a forklift around a little bit, like just buzzing around, <laughs> carrying pallets around, buzzing around the, uh, the, the warehouse and dropping off pallets here and loading trucks and shit. And, like, it was fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, but so I don't know if I would be still still be doing that and playing music on the side or – um, I, I would still be playing music somehow or doing something with music, yeah. whether, whether I'd be, um, you know, just sitting in my computer doing stuff you know, myself or I'd still be writing songs for sure. Um, or playing out just on the weekends. I'm not really sure. I would still be doing music at some capacity though, for sure. And, and, and surprisingly enough, I was a forklift operator for one day. Were I you really? Test. Nice. Well, yeah. <laughs> They, well, let's go. I worked at a newspaper and they were like, well, we got to have enough people trained in case trucks come in. And I was like, oh, shit. You're like, you're I passed like, the shit. test. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I never had to do anything because I was like, the last thing I need to do is put this thing through a garage door because that could be great. Oh, man. There were uh, uh, there were there were some <laughs> whatever it is, what it is. Uh, this was 10 years ago now, so it doesn't really matter. But there were some times where I might not have should have been on a forklift. I'll just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 take it however you want to take it, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, you do with that what you will. But <laughs> but now I still no, no, I still before, be doing music somehow though for sure. <laughs> you just might have a, a different day job instead of it being your day job. Yeah, you yeah, have a, exactly. A different, yeah, yeah. And I kind of I'll, I'll, like I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I kind of I kind of miss that that uh, that uh, regular day job kind of thing, and then doing music on the side because it was like it, it was way less stressful than it is now because you just do it on the weekends you do it on friday and saturday as a hobby and make a few bucks here and there and, and it's fun and it's a good time but uh doing it now is really really fun um it does get taxing a little bit to where um <laughs> some of my team might be like hey i need you to do this or i sent you this can you post this or that or whatever or what happened to the post you were supposed to make today and there's sometimes i'm like nope uh, it's, nope. I just need a break from everything. Just everybody can f off for the day. I just need to, like, I need to go hunt or fish or like build something. I just need to get away from everything. <laughs> like, so, so uh, yeah, I've, it's uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. But I do miss that. I do miss that though a lot. That uh, work work your ass off eight hours a day for seven or for uh, six or seven days and go play on the weekends. So that was, that stuff was fun. I was gonna say, I mean that that that's uh, how you, how a lot of people. I mean that's that's kind of to me the old fashioned way of folks breaking into the industry. You know, kind yeah. of the you work all day, you, you play, you get a following. Next thing you know, you you move on up, bigger cities, yeah. bigger places. Yeah, show up to um, your show covered in dirt and grease and dust and shit under your fingernail. I mean, that's how me and my wife met. You know, like I I was working my day job and a buddy of mine asked if I would open for his band on a weekend, and I was like, shit, yeah, let's go. And then her my wife and her friend came up to watch the band. I was opening for him. I saw her walk across. She saw me playing and game over, you know, like, <laughs> so like, I can't, and, and, I can't say that I don't miss that, you know? Yeah. I, well, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now a little one's on the way and yeah, man, yeah. It, it's crazy full circle. And my, my last question for you, you kind of touched on this already because you mentioned you got an album coming, but what, what can people expect from you uh, in this new year now that we're in 2022? Um, I would say they can expect a lot. Um, we, we, like I said, we have two records coming out. I have a re uh, my first full length record coming out uh, in March. First 10 song record. 
that includes the four four singles I released last year, um, and then I have another full ten uh, full ten song record coming out at the end of this year, uh, last quarter of this year also. So there's a lot a lot of music coming out. Um, we're gonna be on the road a bunch. I'll be playing here in Nashville a ton. So if you guys are anytime you guys are down here, anyone that's watching or listening, um, hit me up on Instagram. Send me sliding it, or as they say nowadays, slide into my DMs or whatever. Um, <laughs> hey, that can get you up, in trouble. Yeah, I know. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be nice. All right. Be be nice. But uh, be nice if you're gonna slide into my DMs. But no, seriously, hit me up on Instagram. People ask me. I like get fans all the time. We're becoming. Hey, we're coming from Washington or California. Or, fucking nebraska or whatever and uh and and like they're like you're gonna be playing in nashville around this time i always get back to everybody so so if you guys are ever in town just hit me up on instagram don't hit me up on facebook because i'm never on there (laughs) but uh yeah hey message me on uh on instagram and i'll let you know uh if i'm playing in town here or if i'm out of town or whatever but there's there's a there's a few things this this year that's gonna happen that are gonna be happening that i uh that i also can't speak on yet but we got we got some big stuff coming yeah <laughs> i like the tease though i love it yeah. i love it i love it when someone gives me a little tease yeah gives us something to look forward to mm-hmm. and if you want to find out more about josh jgmusic.net he's also on all the social media just search josh gallagher josh it's been a blast I, I appreciate it yeah man i appreciate it man well uh i definitely love to come back on here and drink some more beers and shit like it for sure <laughs> absolutely absolutely we'll, we'll have to do it maybe maybe when uh, that second album drops yeah man come on let's go i'm down